Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. LJ, Squid and myself, Coach, here bringing you Bants once again. Round 6 is done. Boys, what do you think? There were some pretty spectacular games over the weekend. Any standouts for you, boys? What a great weekend all round, to be honest. Great to be a Penrith and Warriors fan. Good to see the boys. Both my teams get a win. Squid, what about yourself? Yeah, lads, good rugby league weekend all round. A uh, bit of sweet moment when Manly was playing Gold Coast Titans there. I wasn't too sure who I wanted to lose the most. And uh, Tommy Turbo came back and he decided that uh, it was the Titans' turn to lose. And they got a thrashing. i got to agree with you there. Manly getting a decisive win over the Titans too. But uh, enough about those miserable idiots. Uh, how good is it? And boys, I'll kick us off. For me, it has to go to the Rabbitohs-Tigers game. Gee, what a final 15 minutes. From Latrell Mitchell running up the sideline, breaking the game open, to Adam Reynolds getting his second two-point field goal in a row. Phenomenal stuff. But then, of course, the Rabbitohs' hearts are broken. Adam Reynolds misses a penalty, misses a field goal, and then it goes to overtime. But boy, oh boy, did they have something spectacular up their sleeve. Dummy to a field goal, only for Tom Burgess to get a short pass, runs through a gap, and then does he get it down, folks? We don't know. But Luke Brooks thinks, no, he did not. So he runs 100 metres, carrying the ball, and puts the ball directly under the post. Phenomenal finish. Of course, the video refs review, and they determine that Tom Burgess did get the ball down. And the Rabbitohs run away with a fantastic victory. What a finish, boys. Wow, I feel like we got rabs here. I just got taken back to Saturday night in that game. It was a lot more exciting than anticipated. I did appreciate the Tommy Talao sin bin at the 76th minute just to really mix things up, make it a bit harder for Madge. But actually, what an interesting game. Um, Obviously, Reynolds is really benefiting from these two-point dropouts. We better watch out for that in the playoffs. If he can start hitting two points from anywhere, that's really a game changer. Yeah, and they've also got a lot of trick plays up their sleeves judging from that game on the weekend. With that short ball to Tommy Burgess, uh, everyone thought it was going to go up the back to Reynolds. Like you're saying, hitting these drop goals, and they're like, nah, tricks, cuz. And he just has barnstorming. (laughs) run to slot it down underneath the goalpost to to seal the deal. Beautiful stuff. But LJ, how good was it for you on the weekend? Well, we're speaking how good, and we haven't mentioned them yet. The mighty Warriors. Now, the heart and soul of the team went out two minutes down. Dislocated shoulder. Actually looked like his hand was broken. He looked a little limp like the guy from Scary Movie. Didn't really know it was up. And then suddenly he appears on the sidelines about 15 minutes later. They'd popped it back in and out. But what a game. Of course, you are talking about the Prince Peter Hiku, aren't you there? I am talking about the originator of the Hiku Nado, Hiku himself. It was good to see him back, but then he was out again. Cody Nakarima as well. I didn't think he could kick goals. Single-handedly kept us in the game and then made such a difference at the end to win it. It's so good to actually see a kicker actually nailing the goal to the Warriors for a change. It's actually quite interesting, LJ, with the kicking because he has kicked a very high percentage this year. He's only missed not even a handful of goals, but they've actually used a couple of different kickers, so he's not prominently kicking every single kick for some reason. I mean, I'm not too sure why. Maybe it's because he's not first choice most of the time. But, I mean, the job that he's doing, why not? Yeah, I think it's his shoddy hamstrings. He's only five foot two at a stretch. Um, <laughs> and when he's running down the field all the time, it gets a little tired. So he gets a little tuckered out. So they'd like to give him a little drink bottle and push him back to the defensive line. Those big 150 meter length fields, eh? Well, for his little legs anyway. His steps are well up for the game. You don't really want him on one of those uh, energy trackers. But what about you, yourself, Squid? What was good in your hood? <laughs> What's good in my hood, LJ? I would have to say seeing the Canberra Raiders get absolutely trolloped at home <laughs> against the Viking clap. Parramatta Eels flying high and really put on a good show. 
old uh, Sticky Stewart wasn't too happy. He's pretty much going to be calling out players by name if they uh, continue this terrible form. Uh, personally, I just think it's Jared Croker's fault. I have to agree. I think it's also Crocker's fault. But got to love how Sticky comes out and has just wielded the axe. I think, was it Tarpanese gone? Papali to the bench? And then I believe Asiya Soyola cut as well. So swinging the axe, I love it. That's most of his senior players in the team too. So very, very interestingly um, leading by example. But obviously, Ricky was pretty worried over the weekend. But boys, worried as. How are we feeling this week? Are we are we feeling good after the Warriors win, or are we still pretty worried? LJ? Actually, a little worried about our lack of center stocks. Prince Hiku out is, whoa, that's damaging. But also, Pompey hurting his ankle late is now out. And then we hear that we've released Hayes and sent him off to the Eels. So he's probably going to be an all-star of the Eels soon. But pretty worried about what we're going to do because we've now named Murchie at centre against one of the best teams in the comp. Yeah, very unfortunate timing with Hayes getting released. I'm sure it was happening anyway. Um, but it just so happens to fall as we are struggling with some outside backs. So interesting to see what they're going to do. I see they've named Kurt Walsh on the extended bench there. And I also heard Kosha's good mate Gus Gould saying that <laughs> after a couple of trainings, Roger went up to Brown and said, look, mate, this kid is the goods. He should play fullback. If you want me to play somewhere else, I'm happy to do it for the team. Ooh, but I have heard through the winds that we may have released Hayes so that we can pick up Joseph Manu from the Roosters, trying to draw another Kiwi back home. Pay him overs, maybe? Maybe three million for one year? That would be the first centre we've signed in a very, very long time that makes absolute sense. If you just look back at history, we've always been very weak on our edges. So, yeah, very good pickup if we can pull that one off. Unless there's something that we don't know about Manu and he's only got two or three seasons left, because um, that tends to be the old Warriors classic of let's get to win at the end of their career. We're on the street, is that's why we can't sign Brandon Smith, because he plans to play another six. So, so in a few more years, we might approach him. But what about yourself, Squid? What's got you worried as this week? Uh, I was just having a look at the uh, forecast of games ahead for the Warriors, and we've got Melbourne, Manly, who we always struggle with, and the Eels in the next five weeks. And then we've also got the Cowboys and the Tigers coming off semi-decent performances over the weekend. So if they start to gain some traction, it could be five tough weeks for us. So it'll be interesting to see how the boys perform against uh, Melbourne. Not sure if we'll get the W on this one, but all I want to see this week is a good effort and some big fight again. Oh, well, if I'm a pro at guessing long-term finishes, mate, then I'd like to boldly predict that the Warriors are going to lose all five games. Haha, <laughs> joke's on them because the last time I made a long-term prediction, we lost all the games Ooh. and uh, here we are winning against the Dragons though. So that was a constellation. So bold prediction, Warriors going to lose every single game. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I got to love it. What more than wanting to see the Warriors win is to see maybe old mate Kosh up in the crowd this Sunday. Is it true? It is true. It is true. I'm not the one who needs to be worried this weekend. I think the whole entire Amy Park needs to be worried because I'll be at the game. <laughs> I'll be there cheering on my team, wearing some sick new threads that I got from the NRL back three team, some brand new Warriors gears. And I'll be there chanting up a storm. So look out because the Koshmeister is going to be at Amy Park. Could you just give us a run through of maybe one of these charts just just so we can make sure we can pick it up in the commentary take me down to the warriors city where the hits are hard and the tries are pretty oh won't you please bring it home warriors there we go that's a coach original right there dedicated to uh my boy prince peter hiku get well soon baby love oh it. man that's amazing 
I like it, mate. Oh, that just sent chills down my spine. Can't wait to hear it really pick up through the commentary and listen to Gussie, maybe Vossi even drop in a line or two. Hopefully it creates like some kind of verbal Mexican wave. And like you say, the whole crowd, everyone just gets involved, maybe even some of the players like, hey, ref, we need a timeout here. I just want to, I want to tag along in a sing-along. In all honesty, boys, I'm usually leading the chance at these games. At the nines, I was on fire. And usually at these Anzac games, I'm the one who's often the loudest and creates all the atmosphere for the Warriors boys. But anyway, uh, enough about the Warriors who are going to absolutely smash it this weekend. Muppet of the week, fellas. And I would like to start us here as well. I've uh, got some very, very sad and unfortunate news. My Muppet of the Week goes to your Sharkies, LJ. The Sharks management have signed William Crimea River Chambers. It's official. <laughs> My most hated player of all time has returned to the NRL, and the Sharks picked him up. So cannot believe what the Sharks have done here. I absolutely hate Will Chambers more than Dildo Walker. So I'm going to be the biggest hater of the Sharks team now because they've signed an absolute Muppet in Will Crimea River Chambers. LJ, your defense. Oh, it's, it's a tough one. I uh, almost thought about ripping him off the shirt as soon as I saw him making the signature. I hate him. Not a fan of him at all. Overrated. But also, him and PG had a bit of beef back in the day and back in Origin. But, oh, God, the Sharks management at the moment just really throwing things out. Word on the street is we lost Matt Burden as well because we couldn't tell them we had a coach. You might have even lost Big Bad Chad next year to the Cowboys, I read. Yeah, Big Bad Chad. He might even go early. You never know. Everyone seems to want early player releases these days. We do have Connor Tracy, who's, as we know, a half playing on the wing, centre, fullback, prop, nine, wherever he goes, mate, he's there quite interesting that they've signed on Will Chambers because he's got to be getting a bit long in the tooth so I can't imagine that he's actually going to be there for too many seasons at the Sharks so I struggle to see what their theory is behind it Connor Tracy seems to be filling in quite well there for a halfback in the uh, centre spot, but so is Matt Burden, so maybe that's a new trend. Well, but they did get into a bit of a bidding war with the Warriors, so they really paid overs for him. So we were expecting him to sign for twenty grand a season, but ended up at 700000 for the rest of the season. I actually saw this weekend as well that the old Warriors recruitment team now work at the Sharks, so it actually explains it all, boys. <laughs> Here's hoping that he c- they can pull off Adam Reynolds then. If we're getting rid of Big Bad Chad, we're expecting that we're signing another, another seven. It all makes sense now. <laughs> Speaking of sevens, mate, uh, LJ, who's your Muppet of the Week? Oh, my Muppet of the Week. He's only ever going to get a mention in this section for me. It's got to be Luke Brooks. Easily that Burgess try looked like a try all day long. As soon as he put the ball down, looked perfection. Just what you wanted from a front rower. Suddenly Brooks picks up the ball and sprints his little... He almost looked a bit like Cody then. Looked like he ran about 130 metres with those small little hamstrings of him. <laughs> Scores under the black dot and suddenly Madge thinks he's the best coach in the world. But have you ever seen The Simpsons where you can see right at the moment where his heart breaks? That was just when you saw Tom Burgess put the ball down. Oh, it was so good. What a bit of a character, right? Really playing that joke at the last minute in overtime oh that's got to hurt the coach how about you squid who's your muppet of the week there brother uh i would have to say that my muppet of the week is probably squid because he doesn't actually have a muppet (laughs) of the week this week but i have a feeling that we'll have our first two-time muppet of the week nominee next week and it'll be will chambers so you can block that one early for next week's uh, segment oh self-nomination that's got to be a skull i reckon but boys who are we voting as the muppet of the week overall who's going up on the facebook cover photo should we do the count on three? Three, two, one. Crimea River Chambers. Chambers, isn't it? 
Ooh, a hat trick. Nice, nice, boys. Nice. Speaking of nice, though, we've got a very nice major sponsor this week, boys. Aunt Barbara's Leg Warmers. Boys, these things are so warm, you can wear them at the bottom of the table, just like those ice-cold bulldogs at the moment. So, boys, Aunt Barbara's Leg Warmers, what do you reckon? I'm actually a fan of the Cody Nicarima size because you actually have to fold them over and then you get two layers just because the legs are a little bit shorter. So just get that extra warmth comes in handy with the old cellar dwellers like the bulldogs at the bottom of the table. <laughs> LJ, you've got a couple of pairs of these, don't you? If I can speak on behalf of LJ, he's actually got the NRL logo ones of the Sharks, and they've actually got little fins on the edges too. So Aunt Barbara really pulls out all the stops when it comes to the team-branded leg warmers. And if you order the bulldogs one now, you get the free wooden spoons. Nice. <laughs> Printed right on the back of the calf. Well, thanks, Aunt Barbara. It's always good to have a member of the family supporting the podcast, isn't it? Now, boys, it's time for Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk. We're in the motherfucking eight, baby. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, mate, I honestly, I, I did not give them much hope to winning that game. And then just with the results on the weekend, whew, we snuck in there, in the eight, for the second time this season. So good. I think it was two times more than last year, so, whew. We're going, wow, this is potentially our year. Coach, what do you reckon, mate? You, you excited, Warriors in the eight? Yeah, mate. If, uh, if we can climb up to the top four, they'll be even better. But we need some players back. We've got too many injuries. We'll see how we go. But it is great to see them back in the mighty fucking eight. <laughs> Woo! And you know what's better than being last in the top eight? Being top of the bottom eight. <laughs> and the Sharks just two points out of the eight with that disgusting performance in there. But they're still in the hunt. Two points. Pretty excited about that. But also, while I've got you, also had a look into some lovely stats for you on the top eight on the ladder. Did you know that the Dragons are undefeated away from home, but only one and two at the Dragon's Nest this season so far? So not really a fortress down there at Jubilee. Yeah, it could be the inconsistency in the fields that they're playing with, because I think they've played at the SCG, they've played at Cogra, they've played at Jubilee, and all of these being home games, they just don't know where home is. These are Dragons without a lair, you could say. <laughs> Lairless, I like it. But what I'd like more is to hear... Uh, Kosh explained to me about the fun times on the ladder talk from his point of view. Kosh, what you got? Well, for me, boys, I like to take a close look at the mighty, mighty Bulldogs, the blue <laughs> and white. These guys are on zero wins from six games. And looking ahead, round seven, they have the Sharks. Round eight, they have the Eels. Round nine, they have the Dragons. Round 10, they have the Raiders. Round 11, they have the Titans. Round 12, they have the Panthers. It's hard to say where they're going to get a win from those games. But you know what? I'm going to go out and say that they're not going to get the two points from any of those games. Because in round 13, they've got the mighty buy, so they're going to finally pick up the two points in round 13 when everyone else is in origin. And do you know what the best part is, though? Round 14, they got the Dragons, and you know none of them are getting picked for origin. So <laughs> it looks like it could be a very lengthy season with the Bulldogs maybe just banking those four points. Oh my god, how excited. A full-strength Dragons game versus a full-strength Bulldogs game. Woo! Can't wait for round 14. <laughs> That's the energy we need, Squid. <laughs> And speaking of shit teams and shit players and shit facts, here's one from the Bulldogs, actually. So Josh Jackson will miss his first game due to injury in his career. He's missed nine games throughout his career, and that's due to origin suspension or not even being picked, which I thought was quite surprising See how he's a bloody come to be a club captain. Mate, that is an incredible fact. I don't even know if that's a shit fact. That's wild. I can't believe that Josh Jackson has gone so long without missing uh, a game to injury. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, you see him out there on the field, so maybe all those bandages are preparing for injuries just to, av- to avoid it. I mean, he's uh, wrapped up more, more than a mummy. It's interesting because I believe Josh Jackson has plantar fasciitis. 
which is usually found on the foot, but he's got it on the right index finger knuckle. So don't know how many games he's out for. One, potentially two to 17. I don't know. I'm not the NRL physio. But I am the backup NRL physio. But more importantly, there are some key matchups that I'm pretty keen on this week. I'll kick off the section myself, starting off with the big boy Payne Harris taking on Junior Polo in the Battle of the Props for the New South Wales State of Origin jumper. Hass is just a beast of a man and he's actually playing inspired footy and Junior Paulo is even a man mountain compared to him just running full tit at each other is just going to be good to watch I'll tell you what really gets me going about Junior Paulo is those hips they're so mesmerising when he runs I'm not too sure if he's thinking about sidestepping or trying to trick people that he's going to be sidestepping but just a little sway from left to right really gets me going For me boys I've got Matt Burden versus Bradman Best the battle of the young up-and-comers, you could say. So both of them named in the centre, and I think they're going to really, really show off who is the greatest young gun in the competition at the moment. So really pumped about that one. I'm actually really enjoying watching Matt Burden play out in the centres. I didn't think he had a big enough body, but he seems to be filling it in on defence. But what I really love is his hole running. Mm. If you watch him hit the line, and so many times the ball has come and it was going to be an out ball, but he changes direction as the ball's in flight and instantly steps the man and straight into space. Now, that is something that is really hard to do. Only a few centres are pretty good at running those lines, but it's really something that it's, he's picked up from being a half. So he knows where he'd want the ball or where he'd throw it, and he's really pulling teams apart with it. Yeah, but on the flip side, you've got Bradman Best, who's probably one of the best uh, line breakers in the competition at the moment as well for a young fella. So it's going to be interesting to see that sort of hole finder versus a tackle buster. So again, it's going to be an incredible match up there in the centres for that game. Squid? We'll see who comes out best from that battle this weekend. Uh, for me, lads, this weekend is the Storm Warriors game. There's always a lot of Kiwis taken in the field in this game, and with it being Anzac weekend, it's always something that's a little bit special. So that's what I love to see this time of year. Um, I'm sure you boys love to see all the all the Kiwis getting on the field as well. Yeah, and funnily enough, that's actually the game I'm most looking forward to as well, for obvious reasons. I'm going to be there, but uh, Melbourne versus the New Zealand Warriors is always one of the greatest matchups. It could either be an absolute upset where the Warriors get the win, or it could be in an absolute pummeling with the Storm just crushing the Warriors by 60 points. So as much as I'm going to be there and potentially cry by the end of it i'm really hoping that the warriors have an upset lj what do you reckon i'm actually really looking forward to this game but what i'm also really interested about this game is how many bears deep are you going to be now this this is a bit of a slight change on our normal bears before kickoff because when you actually go to the game you have to preload and prepare that you might not be able to get those bears in time so you might need to be a few more through so is this game eight o'clock kickoff in melbourne uh, it's a six six o'clock kickoff, but then there's another rule on top of that because at the stadium they only serve mid-strength beers, so you have to do two for every one standard drink. I think by that time I have to have twelve beers, and then six beers on every hour after that. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a long day. I really look forward to the videos. Maybe a cheeky Facebook live you might throw out there before it gets pulled down. We'll see. We'll see. It could be done. It could be done. So what about you, LJ? What game are you most looking forward to this weekend? I guess the real question is, am I ready to be hurt again? And I'm unsure, but I'm going to try it again anyway. Sharks versus Bulldogs. This actually could be the first win of the Bulldogs season. I don't know if you know, but the Sharks have actually struggled against the Bulldogs over the last few years. They lost to them in round six last year and they come from behind victory. They've also lost the overall head-to-head from the last few years. I'm sure that stat will be brought up in the weekend. But yeah, we just can't seem to beat them. They play similar style, which is usually pretty shitty football. And really just hoping that Sean Johnson back can spark some attack. We 
we've got Jesse Ramian back, Dugan back. We're starting to fill up the players again. So hopefully a big game. And I can be excited. Like when you play last, you know, top of the bottom eight versus last of the bottom eight, you're really hoping for a thrashing. I reckon that game's going to be shit. Doesn't really matter who wins. <laughs> but for me, the game I'm looking forward to this weekend is uh, the Stags versus Glenora Masters pre-game to the three games on Sunday. But the big question is, will LJ be making his great return? It's been a while since he's graced his presence on the field. He's uh, asked me to go get him a pair of size eight ladies boots. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually get used. Uh, LJ, where's your header at the moment? You reckon you'll be t- taking uh, the field this weekend? Potentially just to run the waters on and hurl abuse at the ref and you. But still deciding. Have been retired for quite a few years now. Don't know if I've got the gas in the tank, but oh, I don't know. Seeing a few hit-ups, I might have to throw in a swinging arm, even if I am on the sideline. But could be, yeah, big game. Four games in a row on Sunday. Oh, but while I will be the player to watch, if I do make it, or if I just sprint those drink bottles on nice and quick, who would you think would be the players to watch in other games, Squiddy? The players I'm keen to see would be uh, actually on the extended bench for the hot-running Penrith Panthers. So the best team in the competition will be getting even stronger with Uppy Coruscant and Dylan Edwards set to make a return. Um, Uppy Coruscant, one of the best hookers running around at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes if he takes the field how that break has impacted him or is he just back fresh revamped ready to go and fucking just hits the ground running uh what about you lj who, who are you wanting to see mate well i must admit i am quite keen to see if api can fix the panthers but i'm gonna have to go back to it pretty keen to see how sean johnson goes he was in sublime form last season i think he's still even leaded with most triasis after missing about 10 weeks so hoping he can really come back and put something on but really just hoping he steps up, especially now that old big bad Chad out soon. He's really fighting for his contract because they're saying there's about $3 million worth of salary that they're looking to cut and SJ might be on the list. Funny thing that SJ's back because I don't actually know if you'll notice him that much, LJ, because he is the Mr. Houdini of the rugby world. He does vanish in and out of a game better than most. Actually had a few people reach out that they didn't realise Sean Johnson hadn't been playing all season so far that he's disappeared that much in the field. The Casper of the team, some would say. But Coach, you have someone you've got your eyes on. Yes, I do. This guy here, and he's a cash cow in my dream team. His name, of course, is Ryan James. He makes his big return as prop, of all things. The starting lineup back at the Raiders. So really pumped to see Ryan James because I think he's going to get another try this weekend, which is going to be awesome. I love him. He's awesome. Big fan of uh, the big props getting cheeky meat pies, mate. So I hope for your sake and your super coach team that it happens. While we're speaking of Ryan James, I'd just like to make a note of his old team, the Gold Coast Titans, who actually picked up a 30-pack of Debbie's Donuts this weekend from their loss over the weekend to Manly. 36-0, I do believe. So Gold Coast Titans, enjoy it. I'm sure this will be the first of many. And you know what? Debbie really enjoyed the drive up to the Gold Coast too. So I'm sure she'll be pumped to see you guys again. But thanks, Debbie's Donuts, as always. And good work, Gold Coast. Titans, you're shit again. From Debbie's enjoyment to my enjoyment, it's TAB time! Oh, I love it. Love it as much as the Ladder Talks intro. So, once again, we have the Penny Panthers on Thursday. They have seemed to shotgun every Thursday night. So, I think it's between To'o and Towa. Now, don't mistake them, but it is winger versus centre from Knights versus Panthers. So, I think they're both going to score a meat pie. And I feel like Matt Burden is actually going to get one over Bradman best, if you believe it or not. But Squiddy, who have you got? 
I'm actually not going to be picking a player this uh, week because I'm looking at this game and I see that there's a lot of points in both teams. So I was having a quick look all around and I think over 50 points in this game is good value at $4. So they only need four tries each and you're pretty much there. So I feel like that's a good crazy little option. Coach, have you got any sneaky wild cards that you want to hit us with this week? I have, I have. Uh, this weekend I'm not going too wild, but I am going to say that Mitchell Barnett is going to score a try. So it's a gosh damn guarantee. You know what, boys? I think I've only come up once in the seven podcasts we have done. And this one, absolutely. you got to chuck down two houses. 250 bucks on Mitchell Barnett, I reckon. Do it. <laughs> hey, boys, before we leave, um, I just want to come out and say that the Roosters take on the Dragons this weekend. And we all know Ruan Sims, how much of a hottie she is. Her mm. brother plays mm. for the Dragons, but she, of course, used to play for the Roosters. So I just wanted to make a quick shout out to Ruan. Make up your mind, Ruan. Who are you going to support? <laughs> Gosh, I know it's hard being the hottest girl in the NRL, but come on, you got to make a decision. Who you got? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? But anyway, guys, that rounds us up for this weekend. Round seven is going to be an absolute beauty, I reckon. So hope everyone's looking forward to it. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at the NRL back three or send us a cheeky email at the NRL back three at gmail.com and uh, send through those questions. We love seeing them. So thanks everyone for having a listen and we'll see you here next week on the NRL back three podcast. Later, Bolt.